Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. And here we are once again. Texas gives a top 10 team all it can handle and then some. And then the bottom falls out at the very end. Texas falls to Oklahoma State 13-10. to We'll talk about that game and look ahead to an interesting game, fellas. Texas taking on a winless Baylor team that if you look beyond the raw numbers... They're actually getting better, as crazy as that might sound. Yes. We'll break that down and look at that game and look at the Oklahoma State game. And, yes, I guess we have to talk about the Texas offense on this podcast. So we'll do all that and more <laughs> on this latest edition of the Blitz. Let me bring in the rest of the team. I am Jeff Howe. I'll be leading you through this latest adventure. Uh, the rest of the team includes the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, no longer the man behind the glass, but the man who is now uh, right next to me as we do this show, next to myself and Rod, uh, Matt Butler. Matt, what's up, man? I've just been really Really daily fantasying it up and looking forward to the World Series. When I walked in here today, it was a cool little moment. I hadn't seen Craig Way in, I don't know, a year or two, something like that, probably a year and a half. Not long. I don't know. I mean, I did stats for him two football seasons ago on Halloween up in Iowa State, but then I don't know if he was at the don't station, whatever. It's been a while, and it was cool. I walk in, and it's the day the Astros are playing the Dodgers in the World Series, and I'm in my Astros color shirt. Ghostros! And then Craig Way's in his all blue and in his Dodgers being the big Dodger fan. <laughs> did you give him like, the stink eye? Yeah, that's weird to see each other like that. That, uh, no stink. I know. I like that though. Craig loves him some Dodgers. Yeah, it's yes. weird. It's like Craig Way versus almost everybody else in Austin who's right. rooting for the Astros. So, so and they love Craig Way. So people are torn. They love and then Craig Way. Probably confused. Like what? Like, why is Craig Way rooting for the Dodgers? We love Craig Way, but he's rooting for the Dodgers. So if yeah. this was a if this was a wrestling show, Craig Way would be Hollywood Hogan. It's a sudden heel turn. I yes. just had a great vision in my mm. mind. I wish Craig Way had a heel turn, and he just came in one that day, would be awesome. everybody, and just wilding. Isn't out. there a show yeah. like that about a like a, a broadcast? Who did, who's turned heel? Uh, it's like on Amazon or Brock something. Meyer, sort of. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, that's what it is. So Craig like, loves that show. Oh yeah, Craig you, loves that show. You would love that. He show. like t- he like basically like he, he his life like. So Brock Meyer's the guy like so Hank Azaria created The Simpsons and it's this yeah, 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 yeah. show. He grew up listening to baseball in Brooklyn his yeah. whole life, hearing over and over, but always imagining like, do these guys when they go home, do they still have that voice and say hello? <laughs> do they do that? Like, so, no, exactly. Do they? He oh, had his meltdown on life, and he had, <laughs> it's basically like his therapy, but now. He's embraced it and bought fully in, and it has all the bugs and all the curtains. I always ask Craig if Craig did play by play of extra things in his life, like when he's, you know, when he would like if his kids being born, did he do play by play of that? Did he? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, I mean intimate moments. Is when Craig does dirty when he would do dirty talk with his wife. Did it was it like play by play dirty talk? So what you're saying (laughs) is Craig needs to go back to like Craig Way 1992 and grow the beard back out. I I remember that Craig. Oh, you can see like a Christmas story Craig with like a bar fire. Place being uh, that picture exists it's a, somewhere. It is no, it's a it's a video YouTube. It's on YouTube. Oh, is it on YouTube? Yeah, go there's okay. research. Go oh, deep dive is this on Craig. He's doing like uh, high the school Christmas. Yes. yes, it's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you go down a YouTube rabbit hole, I'm sure you can. It's oh beautiful. He's YouTube rabbit holes are dangerous places they to go are. down, man. I've done that before. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a man he knows about Hulk Hogan, Craig Way, because he did a show with Craig. A YouTube rabbit holes. He knows about it all. That's why Love he's Craig. the Renaissance man here on Longhorn Blitz. Lifetime Longhorn 2002 UT All America 2002 semi finalist for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas, and the 40 acres where he earned his degree. If he had a T-ring, he'd wear it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Rod, I guess we'll start with some positive news Go ahead, man. on the show. Uh, Deshaun Elliott's now joined you on that Jim Thorpe Award semifinalist plateau. Yeah, I saw that. And you know what? Well deserved. I did research because I'm a nerd. 
I actually have the stats here, too, uh, of all the guys who were semifinalists on the top war list and kind of looked at their credentials and their stats throughout the season and did a little research on them. I've seen, I think, most of them play at least one time this season. And I got to tell you, folks, Deshaun Elliott right now, right now, has as good a chance to win the Thorpe Award as any of the candidates. That, to me, is something I would not have said prior to the season starting. And number two, how in the hell, how in the hell did Houghton Hill not make that list? I will tell you why Houghton Hill didn't make the list. You can tell me. You got a really good reason? I've got a a theory. theory. I want to ask, before y'all get into it with the Deshaun thing, when you look at the numbers. Deshaun deserves it. At the time, Earl Thomas, for sure, when you looked at the numbers, deserved it. But because in a lot of these college awards, a lot of preseason, preconceived it's, ideas. Is yes. there anybody on the Great table point. this year? Great point. Because I haven't paid attention Great point. to any preconceived No, you're right about that. Week. Derwin James from Florida State right. is on there, and I don't think he's had a great year, but he will be a first-round pick, right. and there's yeah, a lot of hype a around him. And what is the Alabama? Ken, M- Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick. Okay. He's on there, too. So that'll be and a have a great season, but it's he's had a, he's going to be a first-round pick, and he's a phenomenal talent, and he's had right. a lot of Minka hype Minka Fitzpatrick's probably going to win the Thorpe Award just because. Just because. Because like Eric, like Eric Berry, like exactly. just because we all know he's a legit, he's the shutdown corner for Alabama. So period. There you go. Yeah. You know what I mean. So but here's why all Hill, the default votes for people not paying. Here's why Holden. But Hill's all the time I should have won. Here's why Holden Hill's not going to get any love, Rob, because you look at Deshaun Elliott's numbers and the five interceptions that stands out. They start looking more four tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, really good numbers for a safety. You look at Holden Hill; he's got forty-one tackles. He's second on the team in tackles. Two interceptions. Yep. Only four pass breakups. Two touchdowns. And people who look at these awards will look at it and say, "Well, Chris." Chris Boyd has twice as many pass breakups as Holton Hill. He yeah. must not be that good of a corner. Oh, That's no. where stats are funny too. Sometimes, but I was doing research on on the uh, the, the candidates for the Thorpe Awards, the semifinalists, and I will say this: there are candidates on there with one interception, a few of them with one interception or right. two interceptions. So I, I understand the stat-driven argument because you're totally right about that. But this isn't all stats. Like there are there are guys who have less prolific stats than Holton Hill, and they make the list for whatever reason now that most of them are maybe P- Penn State has two guys on there and that's probably one of and most of them is because they they are undefeated too so a right. lot of it is based on your the story of the team and how right. good they're doing two DBs from a three and four team on the Jim Thorpe Award semifinals I, exactly probably, so I understand yeah. and you're right it, you know people don't throw at Houghton Hill so he doesn't get as much action anymore but I'll just say this man Houghton Hill based on what he did versus James, James Washington Oklahoma State and we'll talk about this of course four catches for 32 yards he made a whole lot of money brought he was mad up on James Washington, which I, yeah. which I was hoping was going to be the matchup we'd see a lot of the time. Let's go ahead and, and start our Oklahoma State recap right there, talking about Job Holton Hill and the secondary did defending the deep ball. And really, it's unbelievable. Rod, other than other than the one deep ball to Marcel Aitman, Brandon, where Brandon Jones, Jones fell down. Fails, like he he falls down. fell down. Yeah. They got nothing in the deep passing game. And I want you to break this down, Rob, because we talk about TCU does different things. They run some split coverages, and Gary Patterson's got a veteran defense, and a veteran defense is dialed into his system. That's Man. hell on earth for offenses in the Big 12. But Todd Orlando basically and we haven't seen Texas run a lot of two deep man under this year, but that's pretty much that's what they, they did. did. Yeah. There's two they, deep man under with the robber. Yep. So Rod, I want you to break down job. schematically what that looks like. Yeah, the two deep basically uh, and it, it, it's honestly my favorite coverage to play. Really? Oh, it, it, it liberates you as a cornerback yeah. because I got, listen, I got two safeties over the top. So basically those two safeties are playing cover two, which means they're splitting half of the, they're splitting the field in half. So they're going to take halves of the field, which is basically the premise of cover two. So you got your two deep, the guys are just playing the two deep halves, and then every other corner underneath, the, uh, even the inside slot guys, they're playing underneath man. Now, the schemes are, they play this differently. Some schemes say you should play inside underneath, right? Kind of mm-hmm. let them get on top of you, and then you play that underneath hip, right underneath that hip, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and some and, and some coaches, they allow you to kind of, based on the release of the wide receiver, to play underneath. The, 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 the one common denominator is you play underneath that wide receiver. You want to undercut those those inside routes, those short routes. You don't want to allow those because you got help over the top. So you get beat. Hell, the safety is supposed to be watching the quarterback. He's supposed to get a break on that deep ball anyway. Right. So you don't necessarily have to make uh, covering the deep ball a priority. You want to cover everything underneath. You could be as aggressive as possible. And sometimes you can even you know play it like off, like play like you're playing, and it allows you to do really good stuff with your shell coverage because I don't have a deep responsibility. Hell, I can play six, seven yards off, come up, bump at the last minute, then play underneath. Oh, and it allows you do so much as a corner. So I love gotcha. the okay. man's jumping. And no you have way. a robber, as which they were playing too. Right. You got somebody inside to, to help you break on the in cut so you can actually be more aggressive on the out cuts. It is a, oh, it's a beautiful cover. It's a beautiful cover. And I then when 
whenever you look at the way the safeties, each one has its own individual skill set to where the strengths of those yeah. guys can then sort of be that web of connectivity to the oh, other yeah. different DBs that if you say have a strength or deficiency, the other player can actually help each yeah. other when they compensate between them. And two. you can disrupt the timing of the routes because you're, you're underneath. You, you can be more physical with those wide receivers. So And you don't have a responsibility over the top, so you don't have to worry about your technique of staying on right. the you know, upfield shoulder and all that. So you literally can be so aggressive. And the quarterbacks, you, you just kind of uh, confuse those passing windows. Or you, you, uh, you, you shrink those passing yeah. windows. I should Talking say. to the players after the game, it really sounded – we've heard Tim Crowder in the past talk to us about all well, the defensive coordinators he had while he was at Texas. And he had one year with Bull Reese and then mm-hmm. so Greg Robinson and then Gene Chizik. Uh, but you, we've heard Tim talk about he never had a defensive coordinator at any level break down how to defend a spread like Greg Robinson did. And it sounds like Todd Orlando went to that Greg Robinson school of, hey, if they catch a five-yard hitch, we'll give them that all day because we trust ourselves as tacklers. That yeah. five-yard hitch is going to be a five-yard gain. Yeah. So if they want to try to five-yard gain us down the field, then right. go right ahead. It's yeah. not going to last. You're going to either press and make a mistake or whatever. Exactly. And going back to Holton Hillrod, he is, in my opinion, he has become the best open field tackler of a defense that now it's like apples and pomegranates compared to the last two years because this is a, I'm going to go ahead and say it, this is a great tackling team that Texas has defensively right now. They don't they don't swing and miss. And you look from the Maryland game to now, it doesn't even look like the same defense. They, they, they are very sound. They're able to come to balance, make plays in space, and limit those. If the play is designed, if it's a seven-yard out, that play's going for seven yards if they catch Agreed. it. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, the second of contact, basically. It's like not even like you're holding them up and nobody's going, but that first guy coming normally is making that tackle. Yeah, and if you're not making the tackle, then you're at least stalling that receiver or the, per- the ball carrier in time to your other guys to rally to the football, which is something they do really well, too. If you're talking about right. tackling, guys are running to the football because you don't make every tackle, but if you can be aggressive enough to force that ball carry to think twice or to stall, mm-hmm. then boom, then the rest of the crew can come. Funnel back Party at the team. football. Yeah. Yeah. Rod, we, talk about, we talked about the explosive plays, and you look at Oklahoma State's explosive in the game on Saturday. The 66-yard bomb, which was a drive they did not score on. They missed a field goal, and this defense, this defense is great in the areas where you need to be really good in the Big 12, you're red zone. really good on third down. You're really good in the red zone. You're, you're yeah, good on fourth down and third. Yeah, yeah fourth exactly. down too. You're, yeah, you're able. You're able to get off the field when you on schedule. And you're able to hold them to field goals instead of touchdowns in a row. Yeah, no, I agree. And when you look at the explosives Oklahoma State, as you take out the 66-yard bomb, they had four other explosive passing plays. None of them went for more than 29 yards. It's amazing. That is out. That I, it is amazing. It is outstanding. Like you can't quantify how great of a defensive effort that is. Yeah. Which we'll talk about the offense here in a little bit. That's what makes the offensive issues all the more frustrating well, no. because you well, look you at can... that defensive performance and you say you should win a game if you do that against Oklahoma. Well, Chris State. Warren actually said that after the game. Yeah. Yeah. Warren actually did say he said that defense played yeah. well enough for us to beat any team in the country. We didn't do our part. And I agree with you. Considering that Oklahoma State came into that game leading the country in pass plays of 30 yards and 40 yards, and James Washington was averaging nearly 26 yards per reception, yeah. and Mason Rudolph was averaging 17 yards per completion, I thought you know they would they would get a lot more chunk yardage pay, plays in the pass game. They did not. And Texas was able not only to limit those plays, but when they did give up up a big chunk yardage play, like you said, they'd bow their back. That was that was the fewest amount of points scored in a win for Oklahoma State, I believe, in 22 years. Wow. Yeah, since so Bedlam in 95. <laughs> I mean, think about that. All right, break time on the show, but when we come back, more Texas-Oklahoma State recap as we talk about the Longhorns and how good this defense is and the issues on offense. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. This is Walmart Blitz with Horns247.com. Now, here is your host, Jeff Howe. Rob, we saw them mix up their packages, Texas did, uh, and they went with, uh, I hadn't really seen them do the much of package. it, the lightning package. I call it the NASCAR Tom, package, yeah, but yeah, calls it basically with, put uh, all your best pass rushes on the field. You keep, you don't, uh, unlike that third down dime package they've been running, they keep Puna Ford on the field, mm-hmm. and you leave Malcolm Roach in the game at end, you bring Brecken Hager in at end, and you bring Gary Johnson onto the field. That's a lot of speed nice up speed. front. You got a, a big body to clog the middle and a lot of speed flanking him. And just looking at the snap distribution, like you look at the Oklahoma 
Oklahoma game, Gary Johnson played three snaps against Oklahoma. Not to say the defense was bad against Oklahoma, but Gary Johnson plays three snaps against Oklahoma. Brecken Hager plays nine snaps against Oklahoma. Against Oklahoma State, those numbers shoot up. Gary Johnson, 69 snaps against Oklahoma State. Brecken Hager snap numbers go up to 44. So you're able to get more speed on the field. And when we saw Hager with two, let you do that. with two sacks in the game, mm-hmm. he's kind of found a home now at that defensive end spot. And the good thing, Rod, with this defensive line, I want to hang on a defensive line for a second, is now you're at the point in the season where, okay, you figured out skill set-wise and based on matchups, unlike what's happening on offense, Todd Orlando figures, okay, against this opponent, this is a game where we can run with more Brecken Hager and yeah. more Gary Johnson, or this is a game where we need more Charles Menehu and Chris Nelson mm-hmm. or whatever. I really like the way that they're distributing reps on I, defense and, and how they're attacking these offenses. I wonder if the offensive line of Oklahoma, which we agree is better than Oklahoma State's offensive line, right? Correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder if it had anything to do with the way that he um, used the defensive line personnel. That yeah. he thought they would have been they would have been less effective versus Oklahoma if you probably you lose more of a, a kind of a combo hybrid DN like hey hey yeah is. probably yeah. you know what I mean against Oklahoma. But that's that's good against, coaching. That's, no no that's, I know I agree with you. That's, that's my point is I, yeah. I think that he's actually looking at unlike the personal issues mm-hmm. on the offense side of the ball. You got Tartalendo looking at the uh, like the actual opponent and saying okay my guy can be this guy's skill set can be effective against this team but wouldn't be effective against this other team because they have more high caliber personnel. I mean, to me, that's coaching in a nutshell. Yeah, like, it really is. For your and some people are upset that, you know, we, oh, well, we've seen more Breckin Hager. I'm like, well, I don't know if Breckin Hager would have been that effective in other situations prior to this. And maybe it's also taking Todd Orlando time to get to know his personnel. Hell, it's only seven games in to mm-hmm. him actually being the coordinator of these players. Yeah, right. So I think we, it's a little bit of, of both of those. But I, I, I applaud Todd Orlando because I agree with you. I think it's more him looking at that Oklahoma game and going, this guy is going to be less effective if I use him in this lightning package versus Oklahoma and Baker Mayfield, but against Mason Rudolph, who is less mobile than Baker Mayfield, the offensive line less formidable than Oklahoma's offensive line, this guy can eat. And he did. Yep, and you look at his ability to adapt or refine to the different setup or different uh, situations against your opponent, and going forward in the Big 12, probably going to see more of that possibly. Agreed. you have similar yeah. ones, but also, you know what, the way I'm Jeff and I were talking about snap counts for players prior to this on the offensive side, and you can sort of look at and see how there are a lot of players, a lot of variants, uh, higher numbers, lower numbers. Certain players, like, say, Warren last week getting, I think it was 62 snaps, but then guys like Lil Jordan Humphrey always getting snaps in the 20s, and it may just show that they also have their niches and matchups, and it may be mm-hmm. situationally explained. Well, why didn't we do this against this team against USC, or why didn't we do this this week? And I think exactly what you were just explaining about the defense may also be the case with them trying to find which pieces fit, which ones are most effective, and then how they match up the most against the opponent because that really is a one I think maybe the most important part of all production when it looks at stat numbers but that's a, a theory that's still being put out there the difference is it's working on defense it's not working on offense we'll, we'll touch on the, we'll touch on the offense here in a minute we'll right. stick with the D-line <laughs> Rob when you talk again talking to the players after the game when you talk to them about why why was this game plan against Oklahoma State able to work they point to the defensive line and, and when this defense has been really good they've given all the credit to the guys up front and and you can run a three-man front and, and mm-hmm. do all these things on the back end we're talking about. It makes it easier when the opposing offensive line is unable to block three- and four-man fronts with no with no sorts of run blitzes or anything like that. It's just, hey, if you could push our guys around and, and run for 200 yards on us, so be it. That didn't happen against this defense on, on Saturday against yeah. Oklahoma State. And yeah. you credit Puna Ford and Malcolm Roach and the guys that are getting it done. Puna Ford had a career-high two-and-a-half tackles for loss. Chris Nelson makes the big play with Puna Ford in the red zone to force the fumble. Uh, this defensive line, Rod, it's starting to look like, and it has for the last few games, starting to look like the defensive line that in the spring we heard these coaches talk about in practice what it looked like and what we heard in camp that these coaches talked about it looked like. Yeah. When they talk about Puna Ford being a dominating guy, and I set it up the Maryland game, Puna Ford's just a guy. He's Now we're starting to see, okay, this is the Puna Ford these coaches were talking about. Well, you're starting to see that from a lot of guys. Um, that I think that's the what makes this defense so extraordinary is that now you're starting to see that from you know guys in the back end to in the secondary, Deshaun Elliott and Houghton Hill. It's not just a flash that they had a couple of good games. No, these guys have actually put in right. the work now. You've seen the consistency. They're playing like some of the best players in the country at their position. And I think you're right about that with Puna Ford. Um, and I, I, I think a, I think Puna Ford is overachieving. I, I, yeah. I don't know if yeah. Puna Ford's, you know He's what I mean? You know what I mean by right. that? That's what yes. you want to get from exactly. is to get that Great point. out of normal guys. I, I, I don't necessarily, if I'm scouting Puna Ford, you know what I mean? I That's don't, the Belichick theory. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I don't know if I 
scout him as a guy that ends up getting drafted or uh, high in the NFL draft or anything. He's one of those guys I think that is playing at a really, really high level. And as Matt put it, he's maximizing. And you need other, I mean, Charles Aminahu, there are a lot of guys that are playing some, having their best seasons that you've ever seen them have on the 40 acres. Right. Um, and I think that's the key for Tarlando. And that's what makes Tarlando, you know, right now, right in a lot of people's minds, a lot of Longhorn fans, they're thinking that he is going to be a one and done because of the, the kind of reinvention that he has done with his defense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hope I, not. I don't hope not either, but and maybe him and uh, Tom Herman have a gentleman's agreement where, hey, man, stick here for the rebuilding. When we get it back on track, then go take your dream job. But, you know, in coaching, as we've seen with Manny Diaz, even here on the 40 Acres and Vance Bedford, man, it, things can change really, really quickly. Yes. And there's a really good chance. I don't that may not happen. That Malik Jefferson and Houghton Hill may be gone mm. after this year. I think you can put Deshaun Elliott and Charles Deshaun Menehu in that Thank conversation you. too. Exactly. And what was the key to Manny Diaz's defense falling off in 2011? Everybody leaving. He lost. Right? He lost Keiston Randall. He lost Keenan Robinson. He lost uh, uh, Manny Acho, Blake, Blake Gideon. He lost. A, he lost a ton central like of his, his central nervous system and also of his leadership though in that defense. And the same thing with Vance Bedford, right? He loses Malcolm Brown on the D-line. He loses Quandre Jordan Diggs. Hicks. He loses Mikael Thompson. He loses Jordan Hicks. He lo- you know what I mean? Steve Edmonds. And his first year. After, yeah. And after that, the, the defense drops off a cliff. And what did I say? I've been comparing these defenses for the last two years, actually. Mm-hmm. like It feels like the last two years. But since, since they hired Tyler Lander, I'm saying they're very similar. So if Tyler Lander wants to avoid that 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 drop-off, mm-hmm. you either have to make sure you do a recruiting job and keep all three of those guys here on campus, or you do a really good job of developing the talent behind them like Alabama and just having those guys ready to go. Like either one, I think Tyler Lando's gonna be a hot name regardless. Yeah. But I think that's why you cash in, man. That lottery ticket. You don't you don't sit on a, a winning lottery oh, there's ticket. There's no way he'll pass up a head you, coaching you, you job. You take a great coaching yeah, yeah, job, man, sure. when you got it because you never know if it's gonna open up again. I think his uh, fans will just hope he doesn't, but yeah, it'd be idiotic. I'm gonna to. I'm gonna enjoy this defense for these five. I know I'm sorry I shouldn't even throw it out there. No, 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 right. because it's true, Rod. You gotta start looking ahead because now it's like I wrote on the site leading up to the game. Texas was basically playing for their season on Saturday mm-hmm. because with the win, you'd finally get a win over a top 10 team. You've only got one conference loss. You're still in the thick of the yeah. picture for the Big 12 title race. Now you're looking now at it. Now it gets real. Now you're three and four. Three and four for the fourth year in a row in this program yeah. after seven games to be a game yeah, under 500. Yeah. You two conference losses, so you are really you really have no margin for error in terms of the conference championship game. You still got to go on the road to TCU. You still got to go on the road to Morgantown. Ain't no guarantee they're going to make a bowl game. No, 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 because Not I, at all. I think, the, mm-hmm. in my opinion, the likely scenario for this team I think you're going into that day on Black Friday against Texas Tech at five and six, needing to win to get to a bowl. Oddly, they could also be That's bowl scary. eligible right now if those three games go different. That just shows the margin and like no. how much of this team is really the same, but the outcome really can sway one way or the other. And this year, maybe one of those years they, they lost to three top ten teams exactly. by a total of what eleven points or something. Yeah, like but that? you play the, cupcakes you know, and generally strong schedule, that, you're seven and zero. Oh. But you know, that USC just, loss, that, depends. that USC loss now though, given the way. USC season is shaking out. That's it's really weird the parallels between Charlie's first season and how Tom Herman's first season is playing out because that USC loss it's looking like that that UCLA loss for Charlie where the further away you get from it the man. more you feel like gosh man that was one that got away. Yeah, of course well, it they was. all got away. Yeah. but I agree with you considering USC's not playing well right. and Sam Darnold is not. And I think recently they even said that he might not even go to the NFL draft. Uh, that he might you know I think he should go to the NFL draft. If you're not playing well this you don't come back and. <laughs> Play worse, like leave, get the yeah, hell out of get here. Get your money. Uh, Teams but, overdraft quarterbacks all the time, right? Exactly. So, but uh, yeah, but I agree with you on that. USC that win, not looking at that loss, not looking as impressive of a loss as it was early on. Because yeah, USC's right. Not you know, a good the, team. the the Oklahoma the Oklahoma game, it is what it is every year, and I'm just glad that that rivalry now we've got multiple years now where that game's been competitive, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what it should be each and every year. All right, guys, let's pause for the calls right now. But when we come back, talking more about the Texas offense. We'll do that on the other side on Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com. Computer, execute 12.4p operation. Optimizing algorithm. Running encryption packet alpha 990. I don't feel so good. What? What is it, computer? Is it hot in here? It feels hot in here? I feel a little clammy. I should lie down or something. A computer with a virus? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to GEICO. Those oysters Rockefeller were a mistake. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 
You know those families who quietly enjoy the holidays? Me neither. Well, until thecompanystore.com. Now the kids love playing Hotel Auntie Carol in the good sheets, as they call them. They actually want to go to bed. So we get some adult time, and that's worth giving thanks. Thecompanystore.com has been perfecting the ultimate comforts of home for over 100 years. From the finest quality bedding and bath to home decor and more. Order between October 1st and 30th to get 25% off, plus free shipping with our friends and family discount. Visit thecompanystore.com and enter the code FAMILY. Why have over 3 million guys switched to Harry's Razors? Because at Harry's, we give you less. We make just one razor with five German-engineered blades. All you need for a smooth and comfortable shave. And we got rid of upcharges. By owning the factory and cutting out the middleman, we're able to sell our high-quality blades for just $2 a piece. Now we're cutting the overpriced sound effects guy. Wait, why? Not everyone can give you high quality for a fraction of the price. Harry's, one perfect razor, none of the extra noise. As a special offer for radio listeners, redeem an $18 shave set trial bundle when you visit harrys.com and use code 8484 at checkout. Just cover a few bucks for shipping. That's harrys.com, code 8484 to redeem our special shave set trial offer. harrys.com, code 8484. Again, it's harrys.com, code 8484. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to Geico. I'm so happy, I feel like I can fly. Disclaimer, you will not be able to fly by switching to Geico. This is against the laws of physics and nature. If you find yourself flying, please seek professional and or medical help immediately. In the unlikely event you find yourself flying, you might be a superhero or a pigeon or a superhero named Pidgewoman who was bitten by a radioactive pigeon. If you are indeed Pidgewoman, Geico retains all licensing publishing rights in the event Pidgewoman the movie becomes a top-grossing Hollywood blockbuster. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You know those families who quietly enjoy the holidays? Me neither. Well, until thecompanystore.com. Now the kids love playing Hotel Auntie Carol in the good sheets, as they call them. They actually want to go to bed. So we get some adult time, and that's worth giving thanks. Thecompanystore.com has been perfecting the ultimate comforts of home for over 100 years. From the finest quality bedding and bath to home decor and more. Order between October 1st and 30th to get 25% off, plus free shipping with our friends and family discount. Visit thecompanystore.com and enter the code FAMILY. Please note, no sound effects guys were harmed in the making of this radio recording. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirror bed on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. Check out the Groupon app where you can save up to infinity, theoretically speaking. Actually, you can save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Suppose you save $10 on tacos and took that $10 and used it to get more great restaurant deals on Groupon, like Italian or Chinese. Pretty soon, you could save a ton. Brunch? Check Groupon. Dinner plans? Check Groupon. Hungry? Use the top-rated Groupon app to save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Download the app and save. Groupon. My son had been injured and he was prescribed pain opiates. No one ever told us how highly addictive these drugs were. My reaction was shock. My son didn't get so deep into the dark, scary woods overnight and it's no straight line coming back. For parents out there who don't have hope, I realize there's a lot of families that are torn apart, but families can heal. Young people can get better. There's hope and help at drugfree.org. A message from Partnership for Drug-Free Kids. This is Walhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Now, here is your host, Jeff Howe. 
we got to get to it sooner or later. We'll go to the offense because, Rod, that's a game where you hold Oklahoma State, you hold the number one offense in the country to 10 points in regulation. There's no reason you shouldn't find a way to win that game. Oh, you score is, yeah. And that's that's the frustration points. that I think a lot of fans are feeling with this team right now and why the, the you're seeing the frustrations bubble over on social media and people being vocal about it. And, you you know, the, the thing that blows me away, Rod, and when you look at it, is I look at the second-half production, and they had a great drive coming out of half. And I don't know if this move means anything. And nobody picked up on it. I'm I, I'm glad I decided to to wait and eat food at halftime instead of before the game. I'm walking back to my seat with a plate of food. I see Drew Maringer in the press box, like mm. walking to the coach's booth. I'm like, strange. He's never in the booth. And look down the sideline. Sure enough, he and Corby Meekins have switched spots. Drew Maringer is a play caller. And Tom Herman said on Monday when he was asked about it, that's the rationale. He wanted a guy who was a play caller, maybe that extra set of eyes in the press box to help Tim Beck. Interesting. And I don't know if that was it, but they came out and had a great drive to open the second half against Oklahoma State. 13 plays, 71 yards. I'll talk about that red zone series in a minute. But that was a good drive. They did some good things. And then they got away from it and got away from it to the point, Rod, that on their last eight possessions, including the one in overtime, I just want to read just read you what happened. Three plays, punt. Three plays, punt. Four plays, punt. Three plays, punt. Three plays, punt. Three plays, punt. Two plays into regulation. Four plays, interception. That, sir, is 44 total yards in eight possessions, 1.8 yards per play. Yeah, I guess that uh, that marriaging experiment didn't work as well as they thought. Matt, I know you're an analytics guy. You don't need to be like a, an over-the-top analytics guy to know 1.8 yards per play sucks. 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 Yes. I guess it's, I mean, uh, yeah, that's, it's putrid. I mean, you hear, you, we heard all uh, for past month, basically, Tom Herman talking about why you don't give the ball to Chris Warren because it's 2.7 or 2.8 per carry. That's, that exhibit right there shows how much worse. Well, let's start with that. And you could tell Tom Herman was frustrated with some of the line of questioning on Monday, but you're three and four and the offense is garbage. People want answers. Garbage. And, you know, when he's asked, you know, is Tim Beck as committed to the run as you want to be? And it's like, well, I guess I don't. Tom Herman's, one of his popular responses on Monday was, I I guess I don't understand the question. Oh, yeah, Mensa doesn't understand the question. So you look at it now and it's coming back on Tom Herman because people want to know why is this offense so bad? After Charlie Strong, as inept of an offensive mind as Charlie Strong was, in the two years before he hired Sterling Gilbert, they found something on offense last year. Sean Watson was better than this. Sean Watson was probably better than this, which is you can make the case. You can make I, the case. Think and, about and that. And the fact that we're having the conversation and, and sh- I can't tell you, you got to think about it. And I can't you tell you, think about Rod, it. you're an idiot. That that tells you exactly. So Watson's where we offense are might be as good as this with yeah. this offense. And <clears throat> the fact that they just don't, they don't. Tom Herman doesn't seem to have a lot of answers. I just want to just run something down that just blew me away. The 90 yard pass play from Sam Ellinger to John Burt, which John Burt. Did stay in bounds. As oh, that was as amazing. amazing! That was as that great was. athleticism. It's track right there, you see that track. Uh, it really was. Props to, on his toes. Props to Anthony Geronimo from CBS Austin. For yeah, getting great the close look at, the, at awesome. his feet and Bird's feet never appeared to the man. Line. Oh no. Rod, do you know that is the only play from scrimmage that this offense has all season long of 50 yards or more? They did not have a play from scrimmage through six games of more than 48 yards before that. That play. Duvernay throw was shock me. right down the sideline. That was close. Colin Johnson, Sam Ellinger to Colin Johns for 48 yards against USC. USC, yep. I remember. And the second wasn't very. And the second most, uh, the second longest play is Sam against Sam Ellinger to Colin Johnson for 47 yard against. Pretty good. So. This offense hasn't been very explosive, which leads me to... And Connor Johnson, one of your most explosive receivers, you just brought it up, has been demoted. We talked about the personnel... Less explosive. We talked about the personnel decisions on defense. And let's go to the personnel decisions on offense. Because I talked about that drive that they had to open the third grade. Mm-hmm. That was a great drive. It's a great drive. And it, it really it kind of got back to some of the things we saw Texas do really well last year. Quick hitting runs... Short, quick passes to the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Get the play, get the ball to your playmaker's hands. Let them work, and then they get down in the red zone. And it's third and goal. It's third and goal from the four, I think, is what it, which is pretty manageable. The playbook should be open at the point. They throw some kind of out back shoulder throw to Devin Duvernay, mm-hmm. and it sails past him. Yeah. And I can't help but wonder, mm-hmm. you know, should the six six guy with the ridiculously large catch radius be the guy running that route? Six six in the red zone. He wasn't even on the field, was he? Wasn't, he? Even the, wasn't even on the field. You didn't even have him on the other side to be a decoy. Which is which makes sense. Like, Seacoy's like, oh, man, I got this beast over here at safety. Come, would you roll your coverage this way? You know 
what I mean? Or maybe that defensive back says, oh, you know what? I'm taking away the fade. Usually I take away the inside route, but 6-6, I got to take away the fade because that guy, if the right ball is thrown, doesn't matter if I have good coverage, I'm done. And if he does that, then maybe he leaves open the slant. There's so many different things a guy mm-hmm. like that can open up on the red in the red zone, but he's been demoted. He's been demoted. <sighs> well, I know. And, and I, then you've been demoted. You can't play in the red zone in Tom Herman's offense. See, I think, though, with those situations, like we see the <laughs> skill. Everybody can see that he's a freak. I think there must be something going on that either Colin is in understanding assignments and in understanding his job, something to keep him off the field. Otherwise, well, it's really – it'd be an odd time to stick your foot in your heels right now because now you're in conference play and had a chance to win. And if you were trying to, like, say, send a message, that would maybe be something you did earlier in the season or maybe right now knowing that this team isn't going anywhere. He wants to make sure that it's felt across you know, no. the entire roster. I'm just saying. I think it's more than just a play on the field and practice. I think there also is something about him what I call, we call culture benchings now yes. where he wants to send a message to the guys in the locker room, and this is a long-term play by him. That's what I'm thinking. Um, and that's why it, it, for different guys, yeah, it's been different circumstances. Like I said, on defense, we don't see culture benchings. You better leave Todd Orlando's defense alone. Right? Things are working <laughs> Mike, over there. And it's working because Chris Boyd, bad game against uh, Oklahoma. They picked on him. Oklahoma State, was he at 13 tackles, two PBUs, something like that, right? So, you know, you have a bad game than a good game. So, Todd Orlando has a different process by which he wants to yeah. have guys earn their positions. And he that trust factor with him and, and the players. Tom, Tom Herman's doing something different on offense. And maybe it's because offense, like you said, it just ain't working over there. So, they're so making gotta changes do different to make things. stuff work but instead. But yeah. the, the person decisions are at at times at times oh they make you wonder dumbfounding yes and your, bewildering your personnel grouping on that third and goal from the four you were in 11 personnel with chris warren and Cade brewer dorian leonard is your x receiver devin duvernay is your z receiver to the ball's kind of in the middle of the field but i guess that's the field side technically yeah because it's not quite in the middle of the field devin duvernay is your z and Gerard herds in the slot and the same thing on that last play of the game where Ellinger throws the pick, right? You have no Lil Jordan Humphrey out there. There's no Colin Johnson out there. Of course, Amati Foreman's out there. He hasn't seen the, the, the field in three games. And him, Hill Maps was hurt, so that's why he went out there. So I, I won't hold that against him. But why is Lil Jordan Humphrey not out there? I know Colin Johnson's in the doghouse, so that's why he's not out there. But Lou, Lou Jordan Humphrey? I thought Lou Jordan Humphrey was. He, he, he's all good. No doghouse. Practices well in the game. He produces. Why is he not on the field during the last play of the game. And ironically, to your point, Jeff, which you brought up last week on B&E, uh, Tom Herman brought it up last week too, but I think you spoke about it uh, most eloquently, I should say, the scramble drill. How ironic mm-hmm. that the game ends on their inability to execute the scramble drill. Yep. Right? The Literally, range. they just so they confused on the scramble drill. Like he says, I thought Gerard Hurd was going to fade to the back of the end zone for the jump ball. And he and Gerard Hurd ran out of bounds. And Gerard Hurd was like going to the pylon, like for the, you know, for the like the sideline quick throw. Like, you know what I mean? I was and, watching from the opposite end zone. Exactly. And I thought, oh, I thought he must have got shoved out of bounds. No, Gerard Hurd ran out of bounds. But, but, but what did we talk about last week? We literally talked about it. it was like, and Tom Herman brought it up. So I'm like, yeah. I thought Tom Herman was going to rectify it. He's like, oh, they got to figure out the scramble drill because that's Sam Ellinger's yep. X-Man ability to resurrect a play. to go from Something to, we have that the opponents yeah, don't. Exactly. To, to turn something that is dog blank into mm-hmm. something. He can do that by rolling out and improvising. So you tell me this week, you guys did not execute red zone scramble drill? Mm-hmm. And ironically, ding, 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 ding. One of the best wide receivers in the scramble drill are Monty Foreman. He actually yep. is really good at it. Go back and look. Even earlier yep. this year, the USC touchdown, scramble drill. That's just him uh, yeah, it's, uh, Sam Ellinger rolling it. out, and that's him understanding route concepts and where I need to go to the stay three, at target the, for my wide receiver. Best, the three best guys that you have in the scramble drill, in my opinion, are Armani Foreman, uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey, and I Reggie like, Hempel Maps. L- Lil Jordan Humphrey is really good at it. And I think Reggie Hempel is too. Yeah. Reggie Hempel's hurt, and no Lil Jordan Humphrey Lil on Jordan the field Humphrey for last play. And Armani Foreman watched that play. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And you end up throwing a pick because guys are, they there's a miscommunication about the scramble drill, I'm which watching, means as a I'm coach. Watching the play right now. You have yeah, not. Your, your personnel grouping, again. Dorian Leonard. Dorian Leonard's your X into the boundary. Lorenzo Joe's your Z on the field side. And Gerard Hurd's in the slot. Why are you playing musical chairs at his wide receiver position, too? Like, don't you know your. your, your here's the thing, like. Where's Lorenzo? I love Lorenzo Joe. Really? Lorenzo Joe? I haven't even seen Lorenzo Joe. Tom Herman. Tom Herman said this was the same play Clemson ran.
ran against Alabama to win the game. And it might have been. Might have been. Clemson, it didn't look like that when Clemson <laughs> ran it. I love that he brought that up. He's like, yeah, you shouldn't even said that. Seconds. You shouldn't have even brought that up, Coach because, because that it don't look that alike. Within two seconds, that was if not you, there. So then it turned into a scramble drill, and that's when he threw the pick. If you was look, after when you should have thrown you, But it was, it was open, though, actually. No, you that's heard, what I'm saying. So that's heard, what happened. Yeah, Hurd was open. Scramble drill, so look at how this play breaks down. Hurd is open initially. Yeah. But Ellinger stalls. He 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 pauses. Right when Gerard, it's. I it's a pick if, play. I don't know it's if Lorenzo Joe just sat down. I don't know if this is the worst executed play design in terms of a curl. Yeah, this is the worst execute of a rub he I've did, ever he seen. Didn't, he didn't pick. He didn't pick he didn't the guy. He the just rub. He just there. stopped. He just yeah. sat down. I agree. But right when the right at the mesh point of the rub, Gerard Hurd's open. So if Sam Ellinger just throws it right there, throw, throw it to the pylon. Throw it to the pylon. Yeah, let him go get it. Which is when they threw it to Rimfro. And game. then it becomes a scramble drill, and Gerard Hurd just floated out of bounds because he doesn't know what to do. We talked about that. That's what you got to do. Back, which Teach is the wide receivers the scramble drill. So obviously, I'm just just. Well, I, mean, I didn't go to practice. I, no, no, that. I didn't go to practice every. I didn't go to practice every day. But something tells me y'all didn't practice the scramble drill. Why the or hell it's not? A brain fro- because or you you brought it up last week. They didn't seem that much better in the scramble drill. No. They didn't seem that much better this week. They didn't seem. They didn't seem like they had a plan together about true. But flood see, those are individually like on the player that when to identify the play is broken down. Well, you know what? To to Gerard Hurd playing wide receivers also your damn fault. because yep. he ain't supposed to be playing wide receivers. Sorry, I got loud. That's also your fault, Coach Arm. Because now, something I brought up on this show, on this show, all right, weeks ago, months ago, Tom Herman would regret putting Gerard Hurd at wide receiver. Do I look like Blackstradamus now? And you know what? I'm not the smartest football man out there, but Tom Herman, you didn't see that coming? You Mensa, you didn't see this coming? You, you had didn't 40 see minutes coming. into the show in your pool as to when Rod would go on his Gerard Hurd rant. You so re- but it was pool. so obvious that he had to yeah. do it, and he refused to do it. This is, this is my point about Tom Herman. He's got a stubborn streak that that is uh, uh, a lot of it is the reason he's here today, so yep. I understand why he trusts his stubborn streak. A lot. I'm telling you, it could also be his downfall, man. Oh, yeah. That's that, that Gerard Hurd move was all him saying, I'm right and you guys are wrong. I know I know Gerard Hurd's going to be an all-conference wide receiver and you guys know what the hell you're talking about. Dude, you don't even need Gerard Hurd at wide receiver. You're forcing him out there. You know, he don't, he, I don't even think he's been a really effective as a wide receiver out there. You've been force-feeding him out there. It's, it, that, that, to me, is the most unforgivable thing for Tom Herman's done so far. That's the one thing I can't get over. I can't get over it. I can't get over it. And now I'm reliving it all over again. <sighs> well, let's go ahead and talk about quarterback because actually Gerard Hurd is going to have to work Sorry. some quarterback. Sorry for yelling week. in there and screaming. For, for at least for a bit. Sam Ellinger was in, was in concussion protocol. His, his symptoms flared up Saturday well after the game ended. He had concussion-like symptoms on Sunday, so he missed practice on Sunday. So, Rod, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Tom Herman said three or four days before you can get back out there. That would mean the earliest he could probably practice is, what, Thursday? And yeah. we know how Tom Herman feels about practice. You must be the greatest practice player in the history of football to get to see right. the field at Tom Herman's if, team. If I'm, Tom, if I'm Tom Herman, I don't even so I don't even attempt to play Sam Ellinger. I, I don't think they Bradley. are. Listen, I'll tell you what this really is, in my opinion. I think this is all Texas, uh, basically CYA mode, covering their arse about the Oklahoma game. Now, I'm not saying they did anything wrong in Oklahoma game when Sam Ellinger went down. I'm not saying they did anything, but they got a ton of national criticism. Yes, it is. A ton. I'm talking about from CTE specialists, and I'm talking about concussion specialists. They got a ton of criticism. That was a national game, and people thought that Sam Ellinger was knocked out, whether you believe that or not, whether you believe that you know that they did the right thing or not, right. whatever. That's your stance. Yeah, My point is this. You. They got a lot of criticism, and I think this flared up. Nobody can really tell you what hit it was. It was like, oh, I think it was that hit. I think it was that hit. Hell, Sam Ellinger takes like 10 hits he shouldn't take a game. So you don't know what hit it was, yeah. okay? He finished the game, and he actually did interviews afterwards. This is this is this is Tom Herman saying, "Yeah, dude, we need to we need to make sure we we ease it on this thing because nationally people are hitting us up, and this guy, this kid plays the game like Tim Tebow on steroids. Mm-hmm. So he don't even give a damn if he's concussed he's or concussing. He's going exactly. He's going to go out there and go balls to the wall and get us get us in another situation where we're going to be like, "See, I told you, Tom Herman, you should have done that." So I think this is them saying he's not going to play this week. In my opinion, he's not going to play. Yeah, he's not going to play. They will keep him out. That they want to make sure because first of all, Mama, Mama, who's who's on TV. 10 times every game Sam Ellinger plays. You th- how do you think she feels about it? She don't give a damn about Texas record or Tom Herman. She cares about her baby. Yeah. So you want her to be happy, number one, before she goes on somebody's show and starts talking about uh, his, his situation and his uh, medical evaluation. So I think this is them in, in this town, that community, Westlake, is a powerful community. I think this is this is Tom Herman saying, all right, you know what? We got a lot of flack. We got a lot of blowback from that decision we made in Oklahoma game, right or wrong, whatever. 
And you know what? Let's right now do everything we can proactively to make sure that this kid is can play the rest of the season and his career isn't shortened by some concussion issue. Which, by the way, we mm-hmm. know can happen on four days because David Ash is, is happening. Yeah, here. quarterback. Right. And then Ellinger's a guy that may be as physical of a quarterback as we've ever okay. seen collegiately. So, I mean, some players just have that mentality that you, we're, like we were saying, can be your own worst enemy. He is his own worst exactly. enemy. And I love the kid, but he's got I a lot. We talked last runner. week, though. This, this, this isn't built to last. It's but then think about last, the culture man. of being a just a quarterback and a competitor. Like, we heard whenever they began the these concussion testings, things like this. People like Peyton Manning admitting that on the front end, they are dumbing down and failing questions and tests. Yeah. So then when they are concussed, it can skew the baseline. It, yeah, because now yeah. instead of having to the ba- be yeah. 80% non-concussed, I can be 60% and still pass the test. And still pass it, even yeah. though I'm concussed. So this yeah. just shows the level. And then that's where you have to get to the point where it's, okay, you trust a doctor, you don't trust a doctor, and that's about where you're at here. And if the doctors say he can play, it's like how Herman said in the press conference well then it turns back into football because Ellinger plays football now you can try to coach a player to play and run smarter call those things that a quarterback does we also know that as a freshman normally those are the players that learn the slowest over time and adjust especially when your strength may be that exact Tom Harmon is very cognizant of what people are saying about him extremely so some people may say to his detriment okay so I can tell you for sure people telling that he people saying nationally that he cares more about winning than cares more about the health and safety of of his players Right. bother him. Oh, I can tell you right too. now, it bother him. He, he won't admit it, it bother him. And that's why co- you won't see Dr. Sam Ellinger play this week. You're yeah. going to see Because yeah. I, I think he, in his heart, he's like, man, I don't like that that narrative. People already in H-Town think he's an a-hole. They hate him. You know what I mean? So they love this narrative. He doesn't want that to continue. So I right. think this is him starting to be very sensitive and delicate about the way he handles the situation. And, number one, it's a blessing in disguise because Tom Herman wants Shane Bouchelle to start as many games as possible. Because if he starts, the more uh, games Shane Bouchelle starts, the better odds he's going to be here for that 2018 quarterback competition and that is truly the long-term goal we, for Tom we, we, we talked about it on the show I yeah. wrote it I wrote about it last week as excited as everybody was about Sam Rod I, I kind of piggybacked off what you said a couple of years ago when Gerard Hurd took over you said hey with the, as as much as they run Gerard Hurd Texas will need Tyrone Swoops to win them we'll again them, at some man. point we'll I said at some point they're going to need Shane Bouchelle to go win them a football game yep. and you're here probably at that point this week against Baylor we'll talk about Baylor in a minute but we got to talk about this offense and we talked about the personnel issues and I know I know your offensive line is decimated. I get that. I can see that. I understand you don't have a bell count running back, even though Chris Warren Chris Warren played 86% of the offensive snaps against Oklahoma State, which is Matt and I were talking about before we started recording. Matt, that's like that's Le'Veon Bell, yeah. Zeke Elliott territory in terms of snap percentage. If you're talking 90-plus percent, those are like the Le'Veon Bell, the very few guys in all of football that hit that at running back. Right. So that's how much Chris Warren is playing right now. But you don't have a true bell count running back. I get that. But, Rod, that doesn't excuse some of the personnel decisions you made. Some of your red zone play calls yep. that doesn't that that doesn't that doesn't allow you to be incompetent at your job. Which this entire offensive staff at this point just slap the incompetence label on them because I'm as much as I was hard on Sean Watson that first year. Yeah, you got to be every bit as critical of this offense too because yes, I I understand what you're lacking, but that doesn't excuse that you can just throw your hands and be like, well, I mean, it ain't gonna work. Ain't you guys are getting paid a lot of money to try to figure it out. And again, when your defense holds the number one offense in the country in terms of total offense. It's averaging about 50 game to 10 points in regulation and get you good. And a punter that's that's winning you the field position battle. Oh, man, we haven't talked about that guy yet. You should find, you should luck into 13 points in regulation to be able to win that game. Yeah, and the best thing about Michael Dixon, not only is he the best offensive weapon you have right now, he is a perfect complementary piece to the defense. Yes. Um, For that defense, for you to have to go 80 yards, 80 plus yards against that defense, is I mean it's that's a Herculean task for any offense, even the number one offense in the country. So I think that Michael Dixon, I hate to say it because this is something Aggies would brag about when Shane Leckler was on campus, <laughs> but he may be the best and the most the most important weapon that Texas has. Period, offensively I, or defense. All right, guys, coming up next, it's time to talk Texas and Baylor, and if the Longhorns can get a win on Saturday in Waco. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns twenty four seven dot com. This is Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Now, here is your host, Jeff Howe. 
So Texas is getting ready to take on Baylor on Saturday. We'll see what happens. This Baylor team, as we said, guys, is playing better. Um, they pushed Oklahoma to the limit. They pushed West Virginia to the limit. And Who's going like, to be the starting quarterback? That's the question. Charlie Brewer. My no. taught that kid in oh, second really? grade. Oh, yes. nice. Um, Charlie Matt Brewer. Rule said it's going to be Zach Smith. Okay. So I guess it's going to be Zach Smith. The thing with Baylor is this. If you're Texas, to me, guys, this game isn't about any what Baylor does as much as it is about Texas. And we talk about this team gets off to slow starts. Can you eliminate what? Whatever hope Baylor might have to win this game as early as possible. I, I oh, that's a good because because you know Sam has meant so much to this team. If he's not going to end up playing, and Shane's going to be the guy in terms right. of his like emotional lead. Like he gets this team. Even Mac, and Tom Herman said this. He's the one that gets this team going. His he almost sets the tone for this team he's and like the way Tebow. he plays the ball. Yeah, and so I do wonder emotionally, and it's going to be on the road in Waco. Is it an early morning game to eleven a.m.? You know, I wonder if they'll get the quick start they need. You let Baylor stay in a game early, and that will be an emotional game because yeah. Baylor and Texas don't like oh, one another. They're so hungry, and they've yeah. been playing well. They aren't as bad as the record says because they're winless, exactly. and they got embarrassed so, so bad, but they've been much improved. I, it, it works because Texas was – ain't no guaranteed win left on this schedule for Texas. Yes, no, I no. said it, and that includes Kansas, that who you lost to last year. Too. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's what is it seven and a half still, Matt? Uh, I'll check it right now, but, yeah, yeah. I, I had seen it down to nine. It was nine, to nine. Yeah, I would say the last time I saw it was at nine. But you're, you're, you're missing your best offensive weapon. Yeah. Arguably your only offensive weapon. He is weapon. your offense. It's he down is to eight. your offense. You're missing your offense. You're going to go to Baylor without your offense. Yeah. They essentially are not. No, I'm serious. If Sam can play, you're going without an offense, essentially. And that worries me considering how bad the offense is, even when it's a Sam Ellinger show. If I were mm-hmm. a betting man, I'd be all over that nine. I would, yeah. too. It's at eight now, but, yeah, that's what I the whole too. public has at, been. At eight, I'd be, at eight, I'd be all over it. Yeah. Let's see I think you might get a low-scoring game here. I say that, and here we just came off a 13-10 overtime game <laughs> in the Big 12. it was going to have to be a shootout. Yeah, I, you know, because, oh, no, shootouts, Texas don't like them. So, I don't know. It's going to be ugly. Te- all Texas games are ugly. That's one thing Texas is really good at, grinding the game out and making it ugly, man. But, Rod, it goes back to what I said after the USC game, and this is kind of this season in a nutshell. When Deshaun Elliott picked that pass off right before the half, my only thought was he's got to score on this. He's got to score. Yeah, I was hoping that, too. you got to be able to create non-offensive scores yeah. in this game. I agree with that. No question. And our defense has done a good job of that. Uh, not in the last few weeks or so, but they've done a good job of that this so year. I, I honestly, man. Right now, I don't feel good about this. Who are you picking? I don't. I'm going to pick Texas, but I'm, I'm picking I'm gonna, Texas. I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick a Baylor cover. Uh, I don't trust. I don't trust this offense. I'll pick Texas. I, 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 I don't trust this offense. I damn sure don't trust this offense without Sam Elliott. I was going to say I don't trust. I, I trust. I trust Texas to win by like six. I just don't even know what that score could because, be. Because because <laughs> you're no, gonna, just like last week. This <laughs> offensive staff is going to have to prove to me. You know how they're going to defend Shane Bouchelle. What are you going to do to answer? What is your counterpunch? Yeah. How are you going to stop? And either we're going to see one that resembles somewhat of a competent game plan, or we're going to see the same thing we saw against Iowa State, where it's just, except for maybe a drive here or there, where it's just kind of, you're just feeling your way through and just hoping you can make it to the end. Yeah. No, I I think, and and I'm I'm with Matt, I think Baylor smells this as kind of uh, one of their big wins this year. They can smell it. Because Texas is ripe for it. Missing the quarterback, 11 a.m., coming off a disappointing loss. home underdog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Texas is ripe for that's, it. That's a fa- that's a fan base too. Yeah, that has been feeling better because they're seeing this team with a mm-hmm. lot of freshmen having to play improve. That's a fan base that if they get a win over Texas, that'll be a big deal. And there's a lot, you know, there's a there's oh, a lot of extra animosity between these two fan yeah. bases because of last, what's happened in the last two years. Yes. Yeah. All right, boys. We say we pick some games and get on out of here. Do it. So who you got, Texas, in your score? Uh, All right. Well, almost though. Starting off again with Texas Baylor. I will take Texas, but I'll take a I'll take a Baylor cover. I'll take something like twenty to thirteen, or no, twenty to since it's what is it, eight right now? Yeah, right? it's eight now. Yeah, tw- I take a think a twenty to thirteen, twenty to fourteen, kind of kind of win for Texas. I'm gonna go Texas wins 23-21. barely. I'd be calling for the nail biter. Yeah, barely scratched by man. Yeah, I don't even know what to do with the score, but yeah, I'm seeing Texas wins seventeen sixteen. Yeah, it's gonna be exactly. It's gonna be. It's gonna, it's be, gonna be uglier than we think. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be like ugly, one of those man. your weekly twelve to nine NFL game. There's been one of those every week. It's all fields. It's true. All right, Matt. Thanks for everything, man. You are more than welcome. Rod B, appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. Anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for Travis, the best damn videographer in the podcast game. For everybody at our new home, 1049thehornhornfm.com. For Matt doing his work on our SoundCloud page where you can get this podcast each and every week. And thanks to Matt. You can also get us on iTunes, TuneIn, any podcast app. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. Don't forget that Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. You get our archives, new shows, everything we got ready to go courtesy of Matt Buller and 
doing a great job. He does. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.